Welcome to Consultation Room 24. I'm Dr. Kirk Lane, your host. Consultation Room 24 is brought to you by Crone Clinic, our family caring for yours. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Dr. Bo Vesely. Dr. Vesely is the Crone Clinic podiatrist. Bo, welcome. Thank you, Kirk. So, let's just start. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Dubuque, Iowa. Dubuque. What's Dubuque known for? Bluffs. Bluffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the steepest tracked elevator on, I think, the 4th Street. Steepest tracked So elevator. it's an elevator on a rail system that takes you from the bluffs down to the river. I did not steepest, know that. Steepest, I believe, in the U.S., if not the world. If not the world. Yeah. Wow. I'm clean, to cleanest water in the 90s. Cleanest water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always got some fun facts about Dubuque. Okay. So is is a good place to grow up? Very good place to grow up. Fascinating. What was your childhood like? I grew up with two older brothers. Uh, my parents were both teachers. Uh, my dad was a multi-sport high school coach. Uh, so I played four to five sports year-round for many years. Uh, education was always uh, most important, and athletics came second. You spent a lot of time hitting the books when you were younger. Uh, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I hear not this so story much. over not and so over. Not so much, yep. So tell me about your family your so, brothers, your dad. Yeah, yeah. So my older brother was really the one that pointed me towards the sciences. Uh, I never would have thought of majoring in biology and chemistry uh, if it weren't for one of my older brothers. He was the one that kind of convinced me to be a bi biology major. He himself uh, was a biology major and, and went on to become a pharmacist. So, What's I his name? Uh, Craig. Craig? Craig. Yep, okay. he's a, a pharmacist outside of Portland, uh, Maine. Wow. So I knew I didn't want to be a biologist or a chemist. I knew that for sure. So he explained that there was uh, other avenues with those degrees to get into the health sciences. So you mentioned sports are really important in your family. What sports did you play? I was involved in a lot of different sports. I never took any of them too seriously except for uh, baseball. Uh, that was my main focus. But I played basketball, I swam on the swim team, played tennis, track and field, and even football. Football, my sophomore year, I broke my wrist the first day of practice and my ankle the last day of practice. And at that point, I realized uh, being 5'7", 100, and probably 25 pounds at the time, football was not for me. <laughs> you you still follow baseball? I still follow a little baseball. Yeah. What's Who's your team? Uh, the Cubs. The Cubs. Yeah. Bad year bad year so far. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to a game at Wrigley? I have been to many games at Wrigley. Yes. Many games yes. at Wrigley. I actually prefer to go to the Brewers games. Why uh, is that? It's just easier. Easier parking, tailgating instead of downtown Chicago. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Where did you go to college? I went to a small school, St. Ambrose in Davenport, Iowa. Uh, I originally wanted to go and play baseball. I came to the conclusion that I was not going to be a professional baseball player, so I decided to, that academics were a little more important. Did you try out for the baseball team? I initially, when I was a junior in high school, I was I was planning on going and playing baseball. I'd met with the coach and all of that, so I was kind of decided on, on going to that school, and then uh, I had some injuries my, my senior year and just decided I wasn't going to pursue it. What position did you play in baseball? I was originally a catcher. Wow. 
You, have you talked to Dr. Antonelli about that? No. No? No. no. He was a college baseball catcher. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I you didn't, didn't know I, that. I had no idea. Yes. No idea. I don't see it. Yes. I don't see it. Yeah. 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 So, so he played with Craig Biggio. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Dr. Antonelli, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> please uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. really into baseball. Yeah. So I was a catcher, but... Um, uh, one of the guys ahead of me uh, was a Division One catcher, so I switched positions when I was a sophomore, and I knew I was never going to get a chance to play until my last year. So I switched to shortstop and eventually second base. Hmm. Yeah. You think baseball kind of dying out in America? It's it's terribly boring these days. Um, Why is the, that? Well, they've changed the rules. There's a lot more interruptions and, and reviews now. So you're just kind of waiting and waiting. But I always enjoy going to a game. What's your favorite favorite part of a baseball game? The hot dogs and beer. The hot dogs and the beer. <laughs> yeah. Are you a numbers guy? Do you get into the stats? I used that? to. When I was little, I would sit in front of the TV and I had a scorebook and, and took all of the stats. My dad taught me how to do all of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What what sports you said your your dad coaches he did four to five sports. I did four to five sports. My dad was a high school football, baseball, and uh women's basketball coach. Wow. Does yeah. he still teach? He's retired. He is retired. He retired when I was in college. Does he still is he still involved in sports and uh, he's definitely still involved. He does uh, student teaching through a local college, so he's still involved kind of in, in the community and, and, and doing those kinds of things, but he no longer coaches. What What did your mom teach? She was uh, first grade. First grade and your dad? He was history, uh, PE, and eventually a principal. What about your other brother instead of Craig? What's he doing? He's a numbers guy. He does some actuary black belt statistics stuff for a insurance company. Actuary sciences. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's a numbers guy. <laughs> I've read that that's uh, one of the most satisfying jobs a person can have. Really? Yes. I would imagine the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Does he like it? <laughs> I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. He's about 13 years older than me. So. Where does he live? Uh, he just moved from Dubuque to a very, very small town. I think it's uh, Applington, Iowa. Okay. It's, it's, it's a couple hundred people. Do you have nieces and nephews? I have three nieces and three nephews. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. But you're the baby of the family. I am the baby. Yeah, you still got that baby face. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you always want to go into a medical field? I, I did not. I had no idea uh, what I wanted to be in, in high school. I, I probably wanted to be a professional baseball player uh, at that point in my life. And like I said, my brother direct me directed me towards the sciences, and I initially was going to be a dentist. So um, open wide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people try to talk to you with the, your hands in their mouth. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I, I went, through, yeah, <laughs> I went through the whole process. I took the test, applied uh, to University of Iowa, and then I thought maybe it would be a good idea to shadow a dentist. And I did. And it was terribly boring. So you would not shadow a dentist. I, I knew what dentistry was. <laughs> <laughs> but you hadn't watched anybody. Yeah. I, I, I hardly had any experience. Interesting. So a little dental fact, dentists are at increased risk for pulmonary fibrosis. Really? Yes. I think it has something to do with the dust from the molds and things they make. So that's not surprising because um, podiatrists actually have, I think, a, a higher 
incidence of lung conditions due to fungal um, aspiration from nail debridements and things like that. Really? Yes. So just the being down by the feet and getting exposed to fungal matter over and over. Yeah, so so a lot of podiatrists still use a Dremel to debride nails, and it creates a dust that you breathe in. And, and typically, you're supposed to wear a mask, but you know, we I I just don't do that anymore. I don't I don't use a Dremel. Yeah, that doesn't seem like something you want to be doing. That creating that microscopic dust of fungus and bacteria. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, kind of along those lines, there's a controversy about cautery smoke. And for our listeners in the operating room, uh, surgeons will control bleeding and cut tissue with something called electrocautery. And if you're using electrocautery on tissue that has warts present or human papillomavirus present, the smoke has been shown to contain HPV particles. Interesting. Yes. So it's recommended that if you're exposed to a lot of bovi smoke, uh, bovi is another term for electrocautery. I don't know where bovi comes from. Do you? Uh, I believe it was a physician. I actually got asked this question. I'll have to check. Okay. I got, I was rotating with plastic surgery and this, this old plastic surgeon loved random facts. He asked me, why is it called a bovi? And I, I had no idea. And, yeah. and he said, Dr. Bovey, I think. I don't know. We'll have to look it up. <laughs> we should look that yeah. up. But anyway, if you're exposed to a lot of Bovey smoke, it's now recommended, not a strong recommendation, but more of an expert recommendation. And it came out on up to date recently that you get the full series of HPV vaccine, regardless of how old you are. Interesting. You may want to do that yeah. if you haven't been, yeah. if you haven't been vaccinated, because I'm sure you use electrocautery in surgery. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, feet and warts go together. Right? Yeah, and you can taste it. I mean, you can, yes. you can smell it. You can taste it when you're when you're, you're when you're using it. So that's definitely an, a good recommendation. Yeah. So that's actually something I intend to do this year is to get the HPV vaccine myself yeah. for that reason. Now, so you you kind of said, well, I don't think I want to be a dentist after all, then what happened? So uh, I looked at a lot of different fields, optometry, DO, MD, um, and actually my podiatrist growing up, or my soccer coach growing up was a podiatrist, and he convinced me to spend some time with him. I saw what he does. I saw how we get to do procedures and a variety of different, treated a variety of different conditions to help people. And I, I knew that's what I wanted to do, and I loved it. Are you still in contact with him? Yep. Yep. Every time I go home. Uh, so my parents see him very frequently, always ask how I'm doing. Uh, they go for walks together. And so uh, I, I do still see him when we go home. You know, I've always wondered how someone decides to become a podiatrist. I get the question uh, three or four times a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did people ask you how you ended up in, you know, doing family practice? I, I do get that question. Yeah. I usually yeah. tell people that Ultimately, I realized I wanted a job that combined science with talking to people. Yeah. And that kind of led me to this. The other thing that happened was I was working in a basic science lab, and the director of the lab told me I should go to medical school. I could do basic sciences as a physician if I wanted to, and that it just kind of happened. So you decided to go to podiatry school. I bet he was thrilled. 
definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely thrilled. I think he wanted me to help take over the practice, but uh, that didn't happen. So, I was going to yeah. ask you, why didn't you just go back to Iowa yeah. and work with him? Um, so when I had finished my residency, um, I was a single guy, wanted nothing to do with going back to a you know a small town um, or or Iowa. Um, so I, I took a job down in Texas to start before before I ended up here. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was the lore of the big city. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. How'd that work out? <laughs> it didn't, didn't last long. It didn't last yeah. long. Yeah. Okay. Black River Falls is a pretty good place to live. It really, oh, absolutely. It's a, just a wonderful spot. Have you done anything else besides be a podiatrist? I've had a, a lot of different jobs before my uh, medical training. Uh, in high school, I worked as uh, a can sorter at a recycling center. Interesting. Did some da- uh, janitorial work at my school, bag groceries, lifeguarding, swim lessons, bartending tables, uh, as a bartending and waiting tables. I was even a front office manager at my school's theater. I knew after a lot of these that I had to focus on my studies. <laughs> okay. You didn't want to bartend. No, 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 not permanently. Not permanently. Where did you end up going to podiatry school? I went to uh, Des Moines University in Iowa. Uh, during my first two years there, we take academic classes with DOs, uh, f- uh, physician assistants, uh, p- physical therapists, um, really building a foundation of medical knowledge. During your third and fourth years, kind of separated um, into more foot and ankle related topics and, and studies. I, I actually went to residency with two or three people who did the DO program mm-hmm. in Des Moines. Very good program. It's an excellent school. They were fantastic physicians. So I'm sure you got a great education. There. Absolutely. Yeah. And then your podiatry residency, and there's different types of podiatry residencies, correct? Well, there used to be. Now it's all standardized. So it is. to you could you could do no residency, you could do one year, two year, three year, and, and even fellowships. Uh, over the last several years, they've standardized them so everyone has the same training doing a three year surgical residency. All podiatrists now do surgery. Not all podiatrists do surgery. Um, you're were trained in different types of surgery through those residencies. Okay. Okay. So tell me about your residency. I completed my residency at Yale New Haven Hospital in New Haven, Connecticut. This is a teaching hospital for the Yale School of Medicine. This was quite the experience for someone who hadn't left the state of Iowa much. Um, I had never really been to the East Coast, but it was an unbelievable opportunity to learn from the physicians and surgeons at an institution like that. Um, Not only from uh, foot and ankle experts, but vascular surgery, orthopedics, plastic surgery, infectious disease, a lot of different rotations with that residency. So that was just... Three years or? Three years. Three years. That's three years of just intense learning, soaking up all that knowledge from those special physicians and and teachers at Yale. Yeah. And even, you know, your first year, you're hardly doing any foot and ankle. You're doing internal medicine, plastic surgery, general surgery, all different specialties. So you did a lot of time in the operating room, not even with feet. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of those techniques that you learn, you apply to the foot and ankle. So right. it was a great experience. Right. Dr. Antonelli and Dr. Uh, uh, Nick Katowski do a lot of teaching for the family practice doctors who do surgery, who do surgical procedures. And both of them emphasize that if you run into a wall or whatever, you go back to your basic surgical technique. And surgery is surgery, mm-hmm. right? No and matter those, where it's at. <laughs> exactly. And those basic techniques always apply. And so I can, I can see that, but I didn't actually know that, that you spent that much time doing non-foot surgery, mm-hmm. just learning surgical technique. Yeah. 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 About three to four months of internal medicine. That's brutal. Yes. <laughs> That's brutal. Especially if you're expecting feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting all, all the, uh, the things that come with that. So just to let our listeners know, when you finally finished all of this schooling and were ready to get your first job as a podiatrist, how many years of schooling was that? Well, after high school, about 11 years. So I was telling my mom I was in like 22nd grade or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, 22nd grade. All right. Tell me about your role here in Black River Falls as the podiatrist for Crone Clinic. Well, it's definitely a unique role practicing in a small town coming from learning at a inner city you know, level one trauma center. Uh, In some larger areas, podiatrists will kind of specialize in sports medicine or diabetic limb salvage, reconstructive surgery, that kind of thing. And so in a small area, I do a little bit of everything. So you're you're a family practice for feet. Yeah, exactly. Right. General general provider for feet. Do you enjoy that role? I do. I do. So, you know, I was trained on on pretty much everything foot and ankle related. So while I may be limited uh, sometimes in a small area, not having, you know, referral specialists that I can work with as far as, um, you know, diabetic limb salvage and seeing a lot of sports injuries types of things, um, I get to do what I want, you know, pretty much every day. Every patient's different. A lot of the physicians here at the Crown Clinic, consult you regarding foot and ankle problems. Does anybody come bother you more than I do with questions about x-rays? <laughs> oh, I've got this foot problem or that foot problem? That's well, uh, pretty much equal. It's, it's equal. equal. Yeah. So I shouldn't yeah. feel guilty. No, don't feel bad at all. Because <laughs> it's pretty common for me to be seeing someone, particularly on call, who ends up on my schedule with a foot problem and I realize, wow, this may be more than something simple that I'm trained to take care of. I need to go talk to Bo and come find you, show you the x-ray, discuss the case, and frequently refer the patient to you. And I just want to say I really appreciate you being here. You're an awesome resource and so knowledgeable. I, Thank you. I frequently tell people feet are super, super complex. That's why we have doctors who do nothing but foot and ankle, because it, it's it's an amazing system. How many steps does the average person in America take a day? The recommended is 10,000. You'll hear that, right. but, but there's some controversy yeah, right. regarding that. Yeah. So let's just say the average person takes 5,000 steps a day. We'll multiply that by 365 days. 
in a year by, you know, you get to be 60, 70, 80 years old. That's a lot of wear and tear on your feet. Absolutely. So, okay. Let's kind of shift gears here. If you had a weekend totally off work, no phone, no pager, no responsibility, where are we going to find you? Well, I recently purchased a sit-on-top fishing kayak. Uh, so you'll find me doing that. There's a lot of lakes, ponds, rivers around Wisconsin, plenty of stuff to explore. What what uh, fishing do you like to do? Are you a... Whatever pan? bites. Whatever bites. <laughs> yeah, whatever okay. bites. I'm no expert, um, but but that's something I enjoy. Where do you like to go? Oh, there's a lot of flowages, cranberry flowages around around this area. I I don't really go out on the river all that much because I don't like the moving water, and and so there's plenty of plenty of opportunities. Does Katie like to go? I bring her occasionally. Yes. Okay. Yes. In I like other words, she doesn't really like. To it's go. it's my peace and quiet time. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So tell me about Katie. So Katie's from Connecticut. I met her on my very last day of residency. Uh, we had turned in our pagers, our badges. We were we lived at an apartment complex. Uh, we were uh, grilling, having a couple drinks by the pool. She was sitting on the edge of the pool. Uh, turns out we had been neighbors for two years. She lived in one unit over, and so you know I thought she was pretty cute, and. I didn't want to sound creepy, but I saw a spot on the bottom of her foot. And um, I said, maybe you should get that ch- checked out. And um, she she took it fairly well. She didn't think I was a creep, I don't think. But um, I'm going to ask her. Yeah, you can you ask her. You're going to ask her. So um, she actually ended up getting that checked out, by the way. And it was a cancerous lesion. Wow. Required surgery. Wow. Yeah. So anytime she asks me to do the dishes or, or gets mad at me for not cleaning up, I say, you know, I, I probably saved your life. So, yeah. yeah. Don't forget, Katie. I yeah. saved your life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's the last day of residency. Did you guys like exchange phone numbers or? So we, we hit it off. It was 4th of July weekend. I decided to stay an extra week um, and we ended up really hitting it off when we traveled to Iceland and Paris together a week later. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. Okay. So this is a whirlwind romance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then what happens? So she actually left her job, which she had for three or four years, moved down to Texas with me. I it was a very short stint down there and ended up moving to Black River Falls. Does she like Black River? She she loves it. Yeah. She loves yeah. it. Yeah. That's awesome. What does Katie like to do? Uh, she's very into fitness, nutrition. So she does yoga. She's working on a yoga certification right now. She works for a pharmaceutical company. keeps her busy. So Now tell me about your child. Uh, Boomer is three. So Boomer's a golden retriever. <laughs> I with, ask you about Boomer with, all the with, time. Don't with I? more health conditions than <laughs> than any other dog I've met. So so we got him straightened out. He's doing well. Boomer's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so you guys like to take Boomer for a walk? We take Boomer for lots of walks. Lots yeah. of walks. Yeah. I see you guys out all the yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna be talking about running and running injuries later on. Are you a runner? Off and on. 
So I was running about 20, 25 miles a week up until a couple years ago. I was actually training for the uh, Philadelphia Half Marathon back in Connecticut when I suffered from a hip injury. It actually turned out to be a torn labrum. Um, so now I run sporadically when it feels feels good. Uh, nowhere near what I was doing, but it it really made me understand the frustration of athletes who are injured and have a you know a strong desire to return to sport. Okay. So, Bob, I think we're going to stop here and we're going to talk more about these frustrating running injuries in part two. Listeners, thank you for taking the time to listen to Consultation Room 24.